does it look like to fully live on this side of eternity? Liz and I invite you to coffee each week as we find encouragement in God's word, cultivate gratitude in a discontent culture, and embrace the abundant life that Christ came to give. This podcast is for you if you're ready for pop culture chats and deep conversations at the Waffle House. This kind of podcast will hopefully make you laugh, think deeply, and definitely encourage you as you pursue the abundant life in Christ. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Abundantly. We are so excited to talk about hospitality again today. But before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about today's sponsor, which is actually my email newsletter called Toast Tuesdays. If you've been listening for a while, you have probably heard of it before, but in case you haven't, the mantra, the heart of it is really all about how to practice gratitude in the midst of grief, as well as how to seek wholeness over hustling. So what I like to do in my newsletter is I typically send a monthly, sometimes bi-weekly newsletter, but I also like to include seasonal freebies. And this one in particular is my yearly advent guide, which I released for the first time three winters ago. So I'm trying to make more of these digital guides not only accessible to you, but also kind of like a tradition where you get to look forward to it each year. And so by signing up for my newsletter, you get this freebie. It's hope-filled and it's helpful. And so it's just a four-week Advent guide, and it is all about seeing Jesus throughout the Old Testament and seeing how he is the greater priest, the greater shepherd, etc. I don't want to give too much away because I'd love for you to sign up and read along with us for the month of December. So we will link the sign up in the show notes and you can also check out my Instagram bio. It's linked there as well. Or you can always send me a DM on Instagram as well. So we would love for you to join the Toast Tuesday community along with several other women and read along with us this Advent. We hope that it is an encouraging resource that is it's not heavily reading based it's weekly reading but it also includes some reflection questions as well as application questions and it's really to hopefully help you whether you're experiencing a season of busyness or loneliness oftentimes the holidays can be all about how to slow down and yet we feel like we just can't so we hope that it is a helpful guide to start your mornings or to end your evenings in the month of December. Oh, yay. I'm so grateful, Liz, for just your intentionality in leading your newsletter. And um, just want to encourage everyone that like if emails, if email signing up for emails is not something that's exciting you, unsubscribe from the things that you're not reading to make space for the things that are truly life-giving because I feel like lately I've been finding myself excited to check my personal email because I know um, that there's going to be hope there that like I can engage with in a different way than on um, a different different platform. So I encourage you to check that out. Friends, welcome back. We're really excited to continue demystifying hospitality with you. We want to um, just talk about it in a different light so that you are freed up to love others 
like Jesus in a really overwhelming end of year season. Um, so we're going to start just with some, our own version of hospitality as we just like take a deep breath together and talk about fun things that are going on and invite you into the conversation through our segments. So we want to know, Liz, what have you been listening to on repeat these days? So I know you and I have already had this conversation. Um, Emily had seen the Eros Tour movie in theaters with Mama V. And so I had thought about going and I had posted about it on Instagram. I was like, does anyone want to go with me? I really want to dress up. I really want to sing along. I didn't get to see her in person. So I have ever since watching the Eros Tour movie in theaters, I have had the Fearless album on repeat, specifically Taylor's version. and one thing i will say it's hilarious how for some reason our brains can remember lyrics from like a decade ago absolutely crazy i'm like how is this possible but so i just feel like every time i listen now to taylor swift especially these like newest you know like taylor versions of like fearless and speak now i feel like i'm just picturing my like 13 year old self when I was first learning how to play guitar and her songs were actually like the first songs I ever learned how to play on guitar so I feel like it's really sentimental but also just like silly because I'm like why was I singing these dramatic love songs and breakup songs when like I was not dating as a teenager at all whatsoever so I just have been enjoying listening to the fearless album in particular it just really brings me back so i love i love it's so healing there is something about it um if you listen to last week you know that we're just like we are in our renewed taylor appreciation era yeah. and we are <laughs> unapologetic about yeah. it i just think there's something there is something to Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. But I um, went to a Jonas Brothers concert in October. Yes. And in the same vein of, I felt the exact same way. So I went to the Jonas Brothers concert at the beginning of October in the Taylor Swift movie at the end of October. And in different ways, but left with kind of the same thread of, there is something to listening to music that you have walked with and through hard things for a long period of time. Like we all love the new songs and we all love like the freshness of that, but like getting to sing along to songs that like I listened to when I was seven years old and was just like having a blast at sleepovers and then listening to songs that like, I think about my husband and I's relationship on a Sunday afternoon, like there's just something really precious about that. So I love how Taylor's version albums are doing that for all of us. Yeah. Um, just in a really natural way because we're literally listening to them in a brand new season of life, yeah. but they're so familiar. Especially when, and this is the last thing I'll say about Taylor Swift <laughs> for a while is something like 
you know, besides the fact that the music is creative and like it's fun, it's meaningful, like not to make it too deep, but honestly, something that I've really appreciated in this season is just really being excited about how I find it fascinating that Taylor Swift has been in this music industry for almost two decades and how she's been able to connect different generations like the different age groups that to me is like probably the coolest part about it is i went with a friend who is like senior in college and i was a senior like six years ago so it's it's not that big of an age range but i'm in my late 20s she's in her early 20s and like the fact that i was listening to music in middle school and now she's hearing the music for the first time i just thought like that's so cool there's something just so sweet and special about it i mean you literally went with your mom you know to watch it so i'm like and my mom likes a lot of taylor swift songs and even my dad will sometimes ask me now that i'm older he'll say hey can you play love story for me again like that's oh the one song by taylor swift that he knows and it's just the so cutest sweet. thing ever <laughs> So there's something special about her music and the way she just connects generation. So um, we were sitting in the movie and then I'll answer the question for myself. <laughs> we're sitting in this movie and um, Enchanted comes on. Oh, yes. And it's like the first, I don't know much about the technicality of music. It was the first, I'll just say this, it was the first three seconds of this song. And my mom leans over and she goes, is this going to make me miss, insert my first love's name? <laughs> I made her listen to that song <laughs> over and over and over. And what we realized is that she knew every song that was made before I moved away to college, which was actually really bittersweet though, oh, yeah. because then it was like everything that Taylor has made since I moved away to college, I had listened to on my own and I hadn't listened to at her house. And so um, she is coming around though. She uh, loved Reputation and I think it's secretly gonna be like her all time favorite, even though I made her listen to Red until she was blue in the face. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just forever memories is so good. And there's something about like being happily married and you can still like, I I like teared up during All Too Well about something that happened when I was 16. It's just like, it's therapeutic. Yeah, the power of music. So here are three songs and I'll give it to you quickly of the three scenarios in my life that these are my three go-to right now, okay? So... You're exhausted, you're in the car, your brain is completely mush. You have no capacity left for social, for like even listening to a podcast, even listening to a lighthearted podcast, like abundantly. You just, you just need to like dance it out. That's been Boyfriend by Usher for me. It's been a really long time since he's released a dance song. He's made a lot of vibey songs in the last few years um so it feels really really fun that he's made like a jam um that has his newer 
sound and you can just tell it's like his more mature voice um, to it. Um, feeling sad, discouraged, needing to look up um, and just like think on Christ. I've been listening to Psalm 23 by Phil Wickham. Um, a lot of the new album is pretty hype, but Psalm 23 is like reflective that it, it just helps reset my heart on Christ. And then this is the funniest one. <laughs> but when I am feeling overwhelmed and I need to push through a hard task, like a hard workout or a really stressful day at work and I know that I have to finish XYZ project before I can log off. I have been putting on Do It Like That by the Jonas Brothers and pretending that they're singing it about the work task that I'm doing because it says, I don't know how she does it like that. <laughs> Amazing. And it is so motivating. <laughs> So, highly recommend, highly recommend not thinking about anything else about it, but just listening to the course and being like, oh, yeah, that's right. How does she do it like that? Look at her go. Amazing. So. I need to know, I think we, the listener, everyone needs to know, do you, do you make your own playlist on Spotify or are you the person that's like, oh, I'm in the mood for chill fall vibes, so I look up keywords? What's your... What's your style on Spotify? I I make my own playlists, but I would say the bulk of what I do is search my artists. Okay. It's less often that I'm listening to singles by, you know, an obscure artist that I don't know as well. It's more often that I'm like playing a whole artist or... I do have I do have some playlists, but I should make more specific ones that are associated with these specific times of day because I need them curated so I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just feel like just in the fact that you gave a description for each of these, I was just thinking like this would be a hit. Emily needs to dedicate some time making playlists for us because there's a couple of girls on Instagram that I follow and I just love their playlists. And mm -hmm. I'm the obnoxious person that I will listen to a song like five times in a row in the car by myself. Oh, for sure. And Austin is like, Liz, skip the song. Like, <laughs> it's time. Go to the next one. So if you have ever um, been a part of my Fully Fridays on Instagram, I just moved them to an email format. And so every week I'm sharing what I've listened to that week. And um, for last week's, I put Boyfriend by Usher. If I'm by myself, I get to listen to it five. Like, I get to listen to it multiple times. Okay. If Zach's in the car, I only get to listen to it once. <laughs> I'm just saying people that make their own playlists I just think that is so creative like when they're like when you're feeling happy listen to this list yeah I I it's think that's one of the coolest God things bless them I feel like truly almost every single time I think about a playlist it exists and I I don't I don't see that as a scarcity thing I just think that as well we're so much more alike than we are different I'm so grateful so true yeah all right. What has been in your cart this week? Something you recently bought or something that you're hoping to get soon? 
So I'm very excited about two hopefully soon makeovers that will take place. One is we're finally taking some time now that we feel more settled into our house that we bought about six months ago now. We're really taking the time to get some more items for our guest room. And on Amazon, man, the ads, it's either hit or miss with the ads. Sometimes the ads are like, whoa, this Photoshop was awful. Like, who did this? And why, why am I being targeted for this awful ad? But then every now and then you strike gold. And there's like this boho throw blanket quilt that is very affordable, but the quality looks when you look at it on Amazon, you think I would see that like at Anthropology. It's beautiful. They have like several different designs and the colors are amazing. Right now I'm really into like marigold yellow and the teals and what what are those called? Jewel tones, I think. So very excited to get one of those maybe for Christmas. And then the other thing is we are going to do like a youth ministry makeover at the room that at our church, the room hasn't been used in years and it's plain. I mean, completely plain. The walls are beige and we just have white tables and white chairs. So it kind of feels like a classroom, but not even a fun classroom. So I got a like the budget approved. I was like, if I thrift these items, if I get some donations and if you only give me this much, can I do a makeover? And the pastor said yes. And I'm so excited to do that next month. So in my cart is also a checkered, like a black and white checkered rug for the youth room. And yeah. I think it's going to be pretty cool looking. So I'm going to keep it simple, keep it minimalist also because it's a small budget, but I feel like that will just make it just more enjoyable to be in that room. Like it'll be a little cozier for the boys and girls. So I'm very excited about that so important to make places inviting. I used to feel guilty about that. And so long as you're being wise with the way that you go about it, like it's, it truly matters. And it makes a difference of craving to be in that space again. Um, so that's, I'm really excited for both of those things. Um, so speaking of the power of place, my husband and I just moved, um, to a new home. And so, as you know, with moving, you just like bleed money. You're like, oh, that costs money. I, that popped up. Oh, that popped up. Oh, that popped up. And then you get in and you're like, oh, I can't wait to do this project. And I can't wait to do this project. So my cart is a little more full than usual, but probably our first priorities i'm looking at a really cute pink office chair on amazon because i had to i just sold my old one on facebook marketplace because it was long story short it was just made for a kitchen counter and so i just need like a different size and so i'm looking at a really cute pink one but that still has like good back support since i sit most of the day at my desk and then we have a second living space that's like for it's gonna be like our board game anzac's video game room and we really want to make that just like an overflow um that's just a little bit more 
homey and lived in than the other one um, that just has a lot of our memorabilia and stuff. So we're looking for furniture for that. Um, but going to try to be picky while also stalking Facebook Marketplace every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Congrats on moving. It's Thank so you. fun to... I feel like every time, like a positive of moving is when, if you really love, which we both do, it mm -hmm. kind of makes you feel like you get to be an interior designer, you know? Yeah. I feel like that, that's always been like a random like dream of mine is like, maybe one day I could do that as like a side I, hustle hobby kind of thing. <laughs> and the, every other time that we've moved, I've decorated right away. But this time, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, if so long as nothing is weird like hidden from us and we really do love renting here it's like we'd like to be here a little bit longer yeah and i just feel like i'm saving it for later which is something i don't want to get in the habit of doing but it's like oh i can't wait to decorate in there and so i like am putting it off but because i'm excited about it so yeah it definitely feels like like some fresh new things even though i haven't bought anything new it's just like in a totally different different space so yeah. oh i love that well speaking of i love how you mentioned you know a part of decorating isn't necessarily just about like it's not just about the aesthetics like okay the mm -hmm. design but really like what is the intention what is the yeah. heart behind it and so i loved how you mentioned you know it does matter because it's about making people making people feel comfortable and invited and welcomed and you know when there's a room where there's like literally nothing but a chair like that's not actually cozy or comfortable so it kind of reminded me of for anyone who hadn't listened to the previous series um i loved one of the episodes that we did for um, for disciples in the digital age was when Emily talked about the living room analogy and all about like, how do you want people to feel when you're, when they're in your space, how can you invite them and welcome them? And, and how do you want them to leave? How do you want them to, you know, experience being served and hopefully they will by being served, they'll feel known. So yeah, this, particular episode we're going to talk about like the practical side of hospitality and I think one way of doing that is you know like using our budget using our time and energy to be creative and intentional about you know what do we have in our home like physical possession so that's just one of the many ways so we've been talking about hospitality because it's important to know you know what it is what it isn't and oftentimes we can feel this burden to host especially during the holidays but i just want to encourage everyone to as you're listening to what we shared today and last week's episode is hopefully your perception your perspective of hospitality shifts from it's not just it's not really hosting it's really about welcoming like jesus and a book that we referenced that we'd love for you to read, which we'll include in the show notes, is Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary People. And the author, Caroline Lacey, she addresses seven ways to welcome like Jesus. So she talks about generosity, compassion, humility, persistence, awareness, inclusivity, and sacrifice. And so 
as we think about those ways to be hospitable to others, what are some unconventional ways that you, Emily, can practice hospitality or maybe something that you're already doing? And the reason why I'm asking that is because it can be really encouraging and practical for maybe somebody who's feeling maybe overwhelmed or maybe feeling stuck or especially for women who sometimes think, oh, well, I'm just not creative. So we hope that this episode gives you some ideas where hospitality is made simple and we don't have to be burdened or weighed down by comparison, people pleasing, perfectionism, or the Pinterest, you know, boards that oftentimes make us feel defeated or exhausted. So what are some of those unconventional ways that you do, you already practice hospitality or you want to? So a few things that I love to do, especially with long distance friends, is I will Venmo them $7 ish (laughs) uh, for guilt free fancy coffee. And I think there's something about the tangibleness of going to grab coffee, knowing that it's from a friend that just feels so different than, which I also love doing this, but like, it just feels so different and like going to treat yourself. It feels like someone thought of you in the middle of their busy day. Someone thought of you in the middle of everything that is going on and thought to serve you. That is one of my favorite ways. I think, um, yeah, Venmo is just the best. And um, it's not impersonal if you use thoughtfulness. I love texting friends. um, And this isn't going to be your whole circle. But one thing I love doing is if I am going to be running an errand solo and I am just in a chatting mood, I'll text someone and say, hey, thinking of you, um, I'm headed to Target in like two hours. Do you want to go with me? Um, Or I need to go grab a gift for this baby shower that I was invited to. Do you want to go grab dinner beforehand? And then we could go and look for, you know, any gifts needs that we have coming up. And right now, this month, it would be such a good idea to text your friend and say, I need to go get all the gifts for my parents for Christmas. Um, I usually shop with my parents. So, like, could you go with me? And I can help, you know, we can run ideas by each other. That's a great way to connect with people in a different environment that feels a little bit less overwhelming than I have to sit and think of three hours of conversation topics um, when you're in my house, which, yeah. (laughs) can just be overwhelming in certain seasons of life. I love asking friends to co-work with me on my work from home days. Our pastor's wife is a photographer and a few weeks ago we met up at Starbucks and we both worked for two to three hours and had a tiny bit of chat time, not very much, but it was just such a sweet way to feel more connected to each other. Um, Because even though we didn't have the time for a three-hour coffee date, we could do life more together and literally work side by side as co-workers for the day. 
Um, this is a brilliant idea that I think more people should adopt. So I have never hosted. I'm going to host soon, but I've been a part of reading parties. <laughs> so it's, it's unlike a book club in the sense that you come and you socialize, you bring um, snacks, everyone brings something to snack on. And we would eat for like an hour and chat. And then we'd set a timer for probably an hour or an hour and a half. And everyone brings their own book. And you sit in the living room and you cozy up and read. Every once in a while, someone will pop up and they'll be really stressed about how a plot is going. And they'll like need to verbally like just <laughs> scream in the middle of it. Or um, I, the last time I went to one, I was reading a book on neuroscience and trauma. So I did not have any like exciting fun moments like that. But <laughs> it's really, really cool even to just connect with new people and say, oh, what book did you bring? What book did you bring? Um, a really fun way to connect people. But to be able to come to an event, connect with new people in a way that you don't have to have a super high social battery to do something like that. So that would be something that if you're overwhelmed about hosting in your home, starting somewhere with that and texting the expectations beforehand, that could be super freeing for you. Um, one more thing that I'll say is this might look like a more traditional hospitality is hosting long distance family and friends on weekends. So that looks like planning meals beforehand, and we are a huge board game family. Um, so we will have all the games set up and prepared. And the beautiful thing about that is that you learn a lot about the person, and it takes up a lot of time, and so there's a lot of quality time naturally wrapped up in stuff like that. So those are just some of the things that I have practiced this year that have been, I have found them to be life-giving for me as someone who was initiating those things, but also as the receiver of more and more friendship from it. I love how you mentioned a tip for like, okay, long distance friendships. Here's how you can be hospitable when someone is not in your physical proximity. But then I also loved how, like, I'm like writing those down. I'm like, ooh, I've never done a reading party. I would love to do that. And I just think those are such helpful examples of how you can serve someone and open up your home and make them feel welcomed. And, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I know, like, the whole concept of like doing life together, I think that was radically impacted by COVID. And so I think a lot of us are not just having to like relearn how to do these things, but also I guess like relearning the value and the importance of it. Because I think along the way, I mean, I had a lot of these moments where like isolation and the loneliness became the norm. And I think that, you know, for a lot of us, just the idea of hospitality, that's probably why it can feel so burdensome is because, you know, we, for a couple years, I mean, really like everyone in every context was having to figure out how do we do life differently through screens? Most, you know, most gatherings were online. And so 
I loved how you, you know, really like emphasize the importance of maintaining these long distance relationships, but then also prioritizing the in-person opportunities to connect, to gather, to be known and know others. So I just love, I think those are all like such practical examples that like I'm excited to try out because yeah, I work from home now too. And I just keep thinking right now in Kentucky, the weather is warm, the leaves are changing, fall is good, the sun is out. But every time I think about the winter, I get kind of nervous, like, oh, this will be my first winter working from home, you know, by myself. So just like we need vitamin D, we need the sunshine. We like, there's literally scientific studies that have proven that like, we need eight hugs a day. Like we need physical touch. So that's so important. I would say too, like Every single time you initiate any of those things on that list, as life-giving as they are, you might feel crazy because I don't know a lot of people that naturally live, you know, when we say doing life together, I think that um, as much as people love or hate the phrase, I think why we crave it is because it's doable. It's no longer this like idealistic like college friendship that man (laughs) there's so many days i wish i could go back to the quality time of that yeah so it's like okay looking behind i'm grateful for that season but that's not the season i'm in anymore what i have to offer is my two hours at target this weekend and when i have more than that I will open it up to you and I'd love to welcome you in, but this is what I have. And so I think looking at what you're naturally doing and can naturally invite someone into is where to start because I'm not asking you to have four nights free a week to do all of the things. It's like, what am I already doing? I'm already going to the coffee shop. I'm already going to work outside of my house like twice a month to work in a coffee shop setting. So sometimes it'll work for someone to join me and sometimes it won't. But even the contact of the ask is worth it because it shows them that you are pursuing them. Yeah. And I love to, like when you mentioned about like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to join me? I think about how like so often, like for example, for people that are grieving, I think if there were, if there was a list of like what not to say, I think probably top three things of what not to say when someone is grieving is typically like, what, what do you need? Like, or the, the phrase of like, let me know if you need anything, because most often that feels so vulnerable to communicate. And I need everything. Yeah. I need everything. So what, what are we talking? What, what do you actually, what are you actually wanting to give? Because I need eight hugs a day. (laughs) Yeah. I need water. I need coffee. I need food. I need comfort food. I need like, oh yeah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, yeah, that could be a whole episode in itself, but seriously, like I think providing options for people to, um, it is a way to 
to be intentional and thoughtful and practice hospitality by like saying, hey, I'd love to hang out based off of your schedule. Would you like to go for a walk or would you like to get a coffee? Because I remember there were so many times fresh out of college where I was like, okay, I literally spent all my money on coffee during college and now I have no money for coffee. <laughs> so all I have to say is hospitality can be done with little to no money. We can get creative and it can still actually be really meaningful, whether if it's hey, I'm going to go run an errand. Do you want to come and join me? Because you can have conversations in the car. You can have conversations to and from places. You know, you can, or even just texting a friend that's like, hey, I'm going to go grocery shopping. We all go grocery shopping. Do you want to come with me? Or, hey, I am going to stop by the store. Can I get you a snack? And just like drop it off, you know? So obviously that relates to any season of life. But as I just think about like, grief and loneliness and for any you know season of like busyness but also just burdens that is a way to really like practice what it says in Romans 12 like I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice and I'm going to weep with those who weep and like here's how I can care for you so yeah we could keep talking about that but that's mainly what I wanted to mention is like Let's stop the texting of like, let me know if you need anything, because like we all need something, right? But like actually offering some of those options. And like you said, inviting them into your routines, your rhythms, your errands, because that's a way to like be together, you know? So I was thinking about like what what has been like an unconventional way that I've experienced and learned and seen like, oh, this is actually hospitality is about a year and a half ago, I got asked to volunteer for an ESL ministry. And I showed up and I was told like, hey, we need Spanish speakers. Can you just help with registration? So I'm like helping people. I'm greeting them and I'm filling out these forms. By the end of the first day, the turnout was actually much more than what they expected. So by the end of the day, the coordinator was like, hey, I know you volunteered to register, but can you actually like teach a class for like nine weeks? And I was like, okay, I have literally never taught English. So I'm like, I don't, I don't really know, like it's my first language, but I don't remember like the grammar, you know what I mean? Like all those terms that you learn in elementary school. I'm like, I don't know any of that, but it has been such a gift to be able to speak and teach English to Spanish-speaking immigrants and refugees that have arrived to Kentucky or have been here for several years. And so I just remember the first time I went, I was literally there to volunteer and I ended up leaving feeling so blessed. And I know, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm that person where I roll my eyes when I hear these cliches, but I just have seen how they're just so true. They're not, they're not cliches, but I really did experience that, that idea, that principle of like, wow, it really is better to like receive than to like, like to give than to receive. And by serving others, you're actually receiving in that process. So yeah, I ended up feeling like 
I was so, so at home by being around so many Hispanics from many, many different countries and getting to teach them English. And it just made me realize how like the opportunities, the gifts, the skills, and like my upbringing and background, my story, all of that is actually like a part of God's plan. Like I am so grateful that I've been able to experience teaching English and seeing how like my own story was actually very much like, okay, this is, this was a part of God's plan. And what I'm referring to is like my story of like my dad, my parents being born and raised in Mexico. If you follow along my newsletter, you, you probably know all these details, but when I was a teenager, my dad was, um, he was deported and he wasn't, um, it was just a really hard season of life. And he's been in Mexico for over a decade now. And so to see how the Lord has used what has been hardship and suffering to see the goodness that he's brought about from it was, was and is such a gift. And I have loved getting to be a part of this community and teaching English. So it surprisingly has showed me how that is a way to practice hospitality is like, literally, if you know a language or a skill, like if you know how to use Google Calendar and your grandparent doesn't know how to, and you have access to technology like that is actually such a benefit and blessing to others to be able to like help them with very practical things like using technology or driving an elderly individual to go do an errand because they can't physically or teaching a language that you know and that you know you grew up knowing so so yeah that's something that i've been learning in this season for sure about hospitality that is so freeing to just look at what are not only what's not only my space can we think about hospitality beyond what my dining room looks like and can we think about it in the way that my dining room looks like and what meal i can order but also what skills do i have that can make people feel seen known loved and just served in a different different way so in extraordinary hospitality for ordinary people the book we've been chatting about carolyn lacy addresses seven ways to welcome like jesus and she talks a lot about generosity but um when we often think of generosity in one sense of like making a huge donation or something like that she helps us see it through the lens of time energy our home our possessions our creative talents our practical excuse me practical skills and our words and so which of these liz do you want to prioritize in this season grow in focus on and um yeah what's some of your heart behind this new something that the lord's been laying on your heart to work on what i really want to try to prioritize and i mentioned this in the previous episode that maybe many of you can relate to this is I think oftentimes maybe men struggle with it and maybe they just don't vocalize it or express it as often, but 
in the, the circles, <laughs> in my friendships, it just seems like, you know, on social media, like just women in general, I think there's this false expectation that we have to like do everything. And I think it's so silly because I'm like, I don't, no one is really expecting that of anyone, male or female. But for some reason, I think a lot of us, we've either been modeled this or taught this, and maybe indirectly that has been communicated to us. You know, maybe there was a woman in our life, in our lives that felt this overwhelming burden. And then we just, that's what we saw growing up. And so that's kind of what we do. And that's what we think. And so for anyone out there who's feeling that way, like, we hope that this episode encourage you, encourages you to know, like, Emily and I have different personalities. We have different skills. We have different gifts. We have different stories. But we can both and should practice hospitality. And it might look different. And like, that's the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ. So all that to say is, I think as I'm getting older, sometimes I feel this like pressure or this comparison, but then I have to remind myself like, is somebody actually pressuring me or am I like doing this to myself? <laughs> because I think oftentimes I can get so caught up with like, oh, well, a good host means that I have to like be a really good cook and I also have to bake. I'm like, I don't, I don't enjoy either of those two things. <laughs> I really don't like my cooking. The best time of the year for me is the fall because I'm like the fall and winter. I can make a ton of soups and chili and it's literally opening cans, throwing things into a pot, letting it boil. And it tastes amazing. So I will say little- I have the best memories of eating food at your house. So for all that, all that we have said about it doesn't have to look like dinner, I sat at Liz's dining room table and cried and let her feed me soup and sandwiches, and it was the best. Oh my gosh, I'm literally tearing up. <laughs> like, it makes me sad because I want to just do it tomorrow. Um, you know, I just want to, like, hang out and do it again, but... um it truly like speaking as your friend that has came over and you've made me a really random meal because you had no notice that I was coming over. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was so blessed by it. And I remember, like, I can tell you everything that I ate and it's not because of like, Oh, it was a weird meal. It's because like you welcomed me in. And I think that's, I think that's the beauty of it. I think we have to be willing to be like, oh, sorry, my fridge is kind of messy. My house is kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this, you know, and just let people into our uncurated kitchens because you could have easily said, like, that's not in the plan, so you can't come over, and we would have missed out on, like, so much beauty and friendship. So I just had to say that when you were saying oh. you couldn't. You couldn't cook because I just like, this is the beauty and this is why we're doing this episode. It's like, what are we missing? Like in this and specifically looking in November of like, why, why is it important (laughs) to demystify? And it's because we're missing out on these relationships because we want it to look one certain way. 
And I showed up to your campus and you were like, okay, order whatever coffee you want. And then I ordered a coffee and you were like, okay, I know you have to want something else. You're on a road trip. You're, you you need like water too, right? You know, like <laughs> have to like, just like anticipating someone's needs. And um, it's not about <laughs> just those things. And so not to like make someone anxious. I don't, that's not my goal here, but just think about like what abundance in our relationships and in our ministries we miss out on by like overcomplicating it instead of saying, I was going to have some soup for dinner. Do you want to come over? Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't love a hearty soup, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm so grateful that you said that because it encourages, it encouraged me and I hope it encourages all of you who are listening, who maybe you're in that same boat where you're like, oh, I'm not a good cook or a good baker. It's like, that's okay. You can, you can learn new skills, but also what are the skills you already have? It's like, you know, it says in first Corinthians 10 31, like whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so when I think about, okay, I'm not going to be that girl that if someone hosts a baby shower, I'm going to offer to do desserts because that's not my thing. But what I have learned through this book and just through studying more about like what is biblical hospitality and how can we welcome like Jesus, those two areas that I think about for myself are, okay, I can be generous with my time and I can be generous with my creativity and talent. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, I love decorating and event planning. Other people there, I've met plenty of people who are like, I planned my own wedding and I never want to plan an event ever again. And I literally tell people like, I loved getting to plan our wedding. Like I loved the details from the flowers to the decor, to the table runners, the colors, the table layout, all of that. So all that to say is like, in this season, that's how I hope to continue to practice hospitality and to prioritize like, okay, I can be generous with my creative talent. I can make a balloon arch for a kid's birthday party. And that would be such a gift to not only the child, but also the parent. And then my time, I can be generous with my time in a lot of different ways. Like we talked about, you know, going on walks with friends if we're on a budget or, you know, doing errands and having them, we're having conversations in the car. So those are things that I want to try to focus on instead of falling into comparison or envy this holiday season. Like I've seen so many, I don't know why my algorithm currently is giving me so many DIYs on like food stuff. And I'm like, this looks awesome. I'm not going to spend five it's hours. <laughs> something's not working with the robot it's not my thing and that that is okay and i can be free you know you can be free so good i want to grow in so many of these areas um i'm really grateful that liz like pushed us to have these conversations because i was like uh hospitality it's an (laughs) undertaking and um But I would say that the things that are most unnatural as I look at this list that I know that the Lord 
calls me to sacrifice and to give generously of would be my time and my energy. It just really feels like a rare commodity um, with all that our family is facing right now. And so I think that um, the beautiful thing is I have gotten a little bit better at saying no to the things that drain life and that someone else can easily do, right? And like finding the place where you should serve. Um, but I do think that it can also, the pendulum can swing the other way and can lead to isolation. And so I think social energy, giving up my time and truly remembering that though projects and work is important, it is the time with people and the serving of other people that are going to be what my legacy truly is about. And while I'm serving people, while I'm behind my laptop, like there's just an amount of knowing that the people that hug my neck on a regular basis um, are just going to be more deeply impacted by my work and so, and but by like my faith. Um, and so I would just say I've just been really convicted that I need to give more time and more energy even to my friendships. This isn't, I'm not even talking about like outreach, which is so important and also something I'm called to, but even just like, okay, yes. I can take that evening and not get in my pajamas when I want to and make the effort to make sure that, that this person knows like what they mean to me. And also, when we do put forth the effort, um, we do receive from that. And it's we just have to think about it as a long-term investment. I think we think about it as like it's instantaneously going to make me feel better. And it's probably going to feel like a sacrifice, even if you're going to out to meet your, one of your best friends um, and you're exhausted or mentally tired and weary. Um, so I think it's looking at the longevity of your life versus what feels good on a Thursday. Yeah, that's so good. It reminds me of the verse in Colossians 3 where it says, I'll just read it because... I think it encapsulates like hospitality. Yes, there will include moments of sacrifice. There might not be instant gratification on our parts, but by serving somebody else, there will be fruit, even when we we may not get to see it, you know? And so um, so Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So what a humbling, it's weighty, but it's also, I think, so rewarding to be able to view hospitality in that light where we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus as the body of Christ and by doing so, by serving others, we're also, we're serving the Lord. And that, I know for me, that helps me shift my perspective. Like obedience isn't burdensome, but it's rather like an outflow of a love for the Lord and for others. And it can actually be like fun and rewarding 
and life-giving, you know? And I need those reminders because as an introvert, sometimes I'm like, whew, I got to go and connect with this person and I just want to stay home and go on Netflix, you know? But to be reminded that it is actually rewarding and life-giving and honoring to God, that is a, such a, that's a much needed reminder for me. So I'm so grateful that you shared all of that. Well, friends, we're so grateful that we got to talk about hospitality with you. I know that it was an encouragement to our own hearts to not only reflect, but to also get to share and to hear from one another. And so we would love to hear if you have any creative ideas on how you plan to practice hospitality this holiday season, would you send us a message? Because we'd love to be able to share that even on our, you know, Instagram stories. I think it would be so encouraging, a fun way to keep each other accountable. I just feel we're going to change it up this week. And I just want to pray over like our friendships and our gatherings and just the courage and the healing needed to like be that person that like sends the text. So let's pray um, and receive this blessing over your upcoming opportunities to host and be welcoming like Jesus. Lord, we are so grateful that you first welcomed us to your table and that because of that, that changes everything about the way that we go to the grocery store. That changes the way that we text our friends. That changes the way that we get dressed when we want to go to bed. <laughs> um, and we go and spend time with our friends. And I just pray that you give us holy wisdom and discernment to know when to say no and when to say yes. Because at the very same time, there's so much to protect in our energy and there's so much to do. I pray that you would help us know the difference, when to say no, when to say yes. I pray that um, just by your Holy Spirit, that you would give our friends new ideas, reinvigorate them, um, and give them bold courage to invite someone over for the reading party, for the pizza party, for the golden bachelor party, whatever it is that just um, feels scary, um, like, is anyone going to show up? And I just pray that they would know that they are loved and seen and chosen by you. And so they get to do the same in pursuing um, your, your children. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.